Alright guys, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the podcast, welcome back to Hempication, back here recording again, got a good topic, it seems like the majority of the traffic likes the topic of self-criticism, so I'm gonna assume that that means a lot of people are experiencing challenges with that in their lives so for that reason I think I want to focus more on what other people want to focus on including what I want to focus on too um, because I want to make things as valuable and helpful as possible to people who are tuning in Um, so a lot of times we talk about self-criticism And one topic that comes to mind really is that self-talk, right? Um, We can experience self-talk all day. One way to notice it is just, you know, turn off your devices Shut your laptop, you know, monitor down. Take your phone, put it in your pocket. Turn off the TV. Sit in a room, in a chair, or on a couch by yourself. And sit with your thoughts. Even if you have to, set a timer for one minute, two minutes, five minutes, whatever it may be. And... Just sit. You can keep your eyes closed or open them and just stare in one direction at something. Um, I've got water bottles on the table in front of me um, or a view looking out into the backyard at some of the flowers or um, just looking across the room at a doorknob or something. I don't know. But you can sit there and think. And what usually comes to your mind is going to be memories, right? You're going to have memories of things that happened in the past. Whether or not they're accurate or not, they're going to be there. You're going to have uh, kind of predictions of thought. Thoughts that are predicting what you think is going to happen in the future. And then kind of like the daydream that's not really... It's neither here nor there. It's like your mind just wanders into some fantasy state where you're just like thinking about stuff that never technically fully all happened the way that you're thinking of it about the thinking about it. But part of it might have happened and it leads to some other story or, you know, um, something along those lines. You're thinking about past, future, maybe present And then usually there's also this self-talk, which is kind of like a form of judgment about what you're thinking. So, you know, thinking about the future, you know, today's Sunday and Friday, I might have plans to do some exercise at the beach with somebody and... I might be thinking about that as in, am I going to have enough energy? Am I going to be tired that day? And by the time 4.30 rolls around and we're supposed to meet at the beach, I'm not going to want to do it. Am I going to be foggy that day? Am I going to be clear that day? Is our social interaction going to be fun? Is it going to be good? Am I going to be in good spirits, in a good mood? Am I going to be nervous or feeling kind of shy or introverted or... Am I going to be, like, talking up a storm? Are they going to be in an overwhelming mindset or super quiet where I don't really, you know, know, like, if I'm supposed to be talking or just leaving them to their thoughts? 
what's the interaction going to be like? Um, and I can think about that. I can think about the past, things that went right, things that went wrong, experiences like such as when I was staying at the hotel last weekend, um, when I was snowboarding for like between like Thursday and Sunday when I was up there. Uh, or Wednesday and Sunday when I was up there. Actually, I was up there Tuesday night. Tuesday night to Sunday when I was up there. Um, you know, kind of how that experience was and what I accomplished and what I did and how I feel about that. And, you know, all this kind of stuff is thoughts and some of it's self-talk. The self-talk part is kind of the verbal uh, part of the mind that just talks and talks and talks about what we're experiencing either at that moment or what we think we should be doing. So I may be sitting here, all my devices off, trying to concentrate and see where my mind is going. And at the same time, telling myself, hey, you need to get back to work. Hey, you need to be busy. Hey, this is uncomfortable to sit here with these thoughts. Let's distract ourselves. Like we need to be distracted. We need to be doing something else. We need to avoid this. Or another part of me saying, oh, I'm working on my goals and I'm noticing this and I'm actually like working on, you know, my self-talk, you know. Um, what can be the most challenging for people when it comes to um, self-criticism is when the self-talk is negative, when the self-talk is degrading against oneself. Why did I think that way? Why did I do that thing? Why did I spend that money? Um, stuff in the past that happened that maybe you just don't gel with, don't vibe with, wish it never happened. Um, stuff that's coming up that maybe you blame yourself because something is coming up that you have to do that's going to lead to some stress and you don't want to do it because it doesn't sound appealing to you, but you have to do it because of some decision in the past leading to this upcoming potentially negative thing and just where the mind and thoughts go about this thing that feels so negative, seems so negative because um, we don't really know predicting what it's going to be like. Now, if you go to jail or something, if you're, you know, potentially having a court date that's going to lead to jail time or something along these lines, I can understand how somebody would be like, okay, like I know I'm going to jail and that's not positive. So there is a realistic part of it where it's like the self-talk is like, I don't want to do this. But it's actually something that, like, makes sense to not want to do. Nobody wants to be in jail, go to jail, get in trouble. Um, nobody wants to deal with all that. But um, one thing we can kind of notice is when the self-criticism is coming up, how impacting is it? It can be anywhere from very distracting, impacting, distressing to just kind of something that's just like mildly irritating that you don't even notice. So learning how to identify and control self-talk is a big step. You know, when you catch yourself in the negative talk, trying to think more into it, not just thinking, oh, I messed up. Oh, this is going to be bad. Oh, like, you know, all the negative. Oh, I'm guilty. Oh, I, I'm, you know, whatever about whatever negative thing about my appearance or negative thing about my intellect or whatever. I, I don't think I'm good enough or whatever. Um, these things can be challenged. The difficulty is when we don't believe in the challenge that we've set up then it's kind of hard to use a method of challenging. So, for example, if I think I'm not smart enough, if I think I'm not smart enough, and I look back in my past, 
you know, and say I have all these goals in the future, you know, I want to have a, um, let's pick something that's doable, but take some learning, uh, take learning and research, uh, starting an Amazon store, an Amazon FBA account, um, starting an Amazon store, uh, that's successful, meaning that you're getting the amount of profit that you want after expenses, starting an Amazon store, having a warehouse through Amazon that stores your stuff and that people are actually buying. Um, if you put out ads or if you put, um, I don't know, like you share links or whatever, if you promote it, um, if you market it, you're getting hits, you're getting purchases. Um, and whatever that number looks like, I don't know how much people need to live off of every month, but let's say you can live off 3500 a month, counting all your bills, including rent. I mean, in San Diego, that's kind of like an average income-ish. 3500 take home um and assuming that your rent is about a third of that so you're paying like a little over um 11 to 1200 I mean that's like almost impossible to even find a studio in that range but you kind of can find one so let's just say that gets you a studio a low 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 price studio and covers all your groceries and expenses and everything for the month. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, so say you're able to make that much money, meaning that you don't have a nine to five and you're making that much. That would be ideal for you, right? And say that's what your goal is, but currently the self-talk that's stopping you from getting there is the negative thinking that you're not smart enough to do it. <clears throat> so challenging that can look like what am I what are some what's some evidence that this is not and I'm not making this up. This is from this is from CBT. I I'm, I'm not making this up. It's a cognitive behavioral therapy technique. I'm not like making this up myself, <laughs> but I'm making up the examples to go with it. Um I can think I'm not smart enough because in kindergarten I didn't do good first grade I had to repeat first grade because my grades weren't good second grade I barely got by third grade I barely got by fourth grade I had to repeat two classes fifth grade I had to repeat fifth grade I mean I don't know this is kind of a lot of repeating but uh, or like maybe there's some classes that weren't passed here and there or did really bad in a lot of classes or got D's and F's in some years, you know, and this goes on from kindergarten through high school. You manage to graduate high school, but you're looking back at your educational path and thinking, what, you know, in my education shows me that I'm not smart? Um that I have to stick to this nine to five or whatever job that I don't want to do that isn't paying me 3,500 a month, but I want to get to be paying paid five thirty five hundred a month. And I want to work from home and have this Amazon store. So what does that look like? How do you get from the negative thoughts about yourself and how you're not smart enough to do what you actually want to get to where you want. There's always going to be this risk, right? There's this risk involved with putting forth the effort and time and energy, blood, sweat, and tears into something you're passionate about to move yourself forward, to get to a certain spot or space or place in life where you're, where you want to be or going towards where you want to go and not giving up and not stopping and then, you know, finding methods that work in the changing economy, finding methods that work 
in the changing of uh of um you know just how uh online marketing digital marketing uh online stores and all that kind of stuff how it just naturally changes anyways i mean if you're about my age you probably remember being in college buying textbooks from Amazon and that was just about all you could really get was textbooks so they have gone from textbooks to saving people during the rona they went from used textbooks brand new textbooks which would deliver in however the heck long it took to get to your house they didn't have prime and same day shipping all this kind of same day get it by 8 p.m kind of thing um and now look at them. You can eat, they are even open to people having their own stores on there. I remember I used to post my used textbooks on Amazon and people would buy them. Now you really have to be professional posting new stuff. You can't really even have like old ratty textbooks that are highlighted to death and you know selling that online. So you think about it, it's it's like So much has changed um, for them. But maybe when you were in college or when you would have been in college and you were you had already started working a nine to five since graduating high school, maybe you were thinking about hmm, maybe I could go to school to get an Amazon, you know, to work for Am-. like back then it wasn't really like a thing to have like an Amazon store necessarily uh, if it was it wasn't like a big thing like e-commerce was, e-commerce e-commerce has always been around but it's on a different level now than it was then um so now amazon has scaled way up to the point that they're basically delivering all, all of our they could deliver all your stuff like if you only had an amazon account other than getting like car repairs, gasoline in your car, other stuff like that, like you could basically buy just about anything you needed for your regular week off of Amazon and get it quickly and get it, you know, at a competitive price and not get like totally ripped off. I mean, it might be a little more more expensive, a buck or two more if you want it faster or something like that, but I mean, it's not overly priced so you're not paying like too much and almost everything is on there our version of almost everything you would want is on there so going back to you challenging the thoughts you see that amazon has changed so much within your years and then you notice i haven't really changed you know my thought has always been to have in an online store and then eventually it evolved into having an Amazon store because Amazon started kind of taking over um, a lot of the spaces of e-commerce and becoming not the maybe I don't know if it's the most popular maybe it is but one of the most popular um but then you go back and you start looking at okay when I was a kid I was failing all my stuff flunking all my classes not doing good in school A lot of times people will stop there and they'll say, all of that past makes me predict that if I put, if I risk too much of myself in this current endeavor, in this current passion, if I risk too much of myself in this, it's going to lead to failure, it's going to lead to heartbreak. And then you can ask yourself, a lot of questions from that point because that is one prediction of many potential one right but usually that's where people stop usually people don't go past that you want to challenge yourself to go past that to go past this is what I think is going to happen based on my past and not take the risk to move forward so you can look at different different angles, right? So one angle is, I mean, there are multiple angles I'm not going to be able to touch on because this is a tidbit and I want it to be short. But one angle you want to you wanna look at is 
when I was K through 12, kindergarten age, like five, six years old, up until about 18 years old or 17 or whatever, um, what, what was it that made it so I wasn't good in school? Can you identify that? Because a lot of times what happens is we'll tell ourselves, I'm not smart. I'm not intelligent because I didn't get the grades, because I wasn't on track with my peers, because my life looked like this and I was failing this and didn't know this or that. And everybody else seemed to get it around me. So I was less than Um, something I've written about a lot is my school experience in how I was definitely behind in classes and behind and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but there are two things that I noticed that I picked up on my own that nobody else identified for me or told me that contributed to me not doing well in classes and just different things kind of falling apart later on in grad school and things like that. Number one is the way that I learn is not the way that everybody else learns. And so a lot of times there was this rule of thumb that if your class, however long your class is, that's how many hour and a half extra you need to put into that class during the week, right? So if you're taking 10 units, for example, over a quarter system of or trimester system of three, three sessions a year, not counting summer, winter, whatever, three sessions a year of 10 weeks each. Let's just keep it at that. I don't even know. Um, that means that for each one unit, you need to be studying an hour and a half for that unit. So if you have a three-unit class, you need to be studying an hour and a half per unit, right? A three-unit class is technically a three-hour class. So if your class is three hours, you need to be studying four and a half hours, right? Now, for me, that is not accurate. That's not how my brain works. So I used to tell myself, okay, well, they say rule of thumb. But I would notice, okay, I'm not getting all my work done within four and a half hours for this one class. And I have however many more 10 units worth of classes I have more classes and I'm not able to really get all the work done in that amount of time so first I noticed I'm slower and what was slowing me down wasn't necessarily the writing process wasn't necessarily going to class and sitting there and taking the notes what was slowing me down was the reading process now it's not that I can't read But when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, when I'm not like at my super most alert, I do not read and retain material that well because I can't focus because my mind is wandering and I'm all over the place. So I'll be reading. I can read a whole page. And my mind has been elsewhere, like most of the time. And it's not usually one page in. It's usually by the time I'm a few pages in. So I'll read the page, two pages, three pages, by maybe page three. And this is if I'm just reading it in my mind. By maybe page three, I don't really fully, you know, I've zoned out somewhere along the line, right? Another thing I've noticed about my reading, if I read it out loud, I retain it better and I can focus a lot better, but it's slower, but I retain the information better. Another thing I've noticed about my reading, if I'm reading material that's not organized in a linear fashion, kind of almost like when you make an outline for a report and there's kind of the introduction, then like major headings, and then each of those major headings has like smaller points underneath it and it's going in like a linear direction. When I read books that aren't linear, I get lost quickly and you would be surprised how many textbooks are not written in a very linear way and then the best way for me to retain and focus on reading is when I hear an audio recording of it and I follow along now I'm not saying I can't read I actually read very fast 
But retaining and processing and memorizing information for me is best when it's auditory. You give me, I, I can listen hours in a car to lectures and books and I can tell you everything about it. Give me that same book to read. It's going to take me however long it takes me to read it and I won't retain as much of it. And so think about all the school I've been in and then all the time I've spent reading and in a heavy reading field of psychology, you know, we do statistics and math and stuff like that, but a lot of it still involves writing, which involves reading. And so I noticed that something that could have been a shortcut for me all this time, I only noticed it probably the last four or so months of my grad school when I was pretty much almost done. But it helps for me to get to have things read out loud. So I found out how to make Google Chrome read things out loud or how to use the accessibility tool on my phone to read through PDFs and things like that. And I would just listen to PDFs, article, journal articles while I was driving. And it made so much more sense. You know, it it cut into the time and the energy that I was spending before. But if you think about this, if I would have been able to notice this and realize this technique and started using it when I was way younger, you know, I would have, I did fine in my classes, but I would have had a, a faster time with a lot of my my studying because for me it was frustrating to be up not late at night but like there was a lot of free time I didn't get that I saw other kids playing and like doing all these things and I wasn't doing them because I was still reading U.S. history or still reading econ or still reading government or still reading world history or still reading you know I was still reading these textbooks and stuff and I got through school just fine um good enough anyways and I love reading and writing but you know when I when my brain has already been taxed you know I get worse and worse at it and so just just noticing something like that is a game changer you know you notice it at a certain point in your life and yeah it's late I noticed it in like my 30s but you know that's 25 years I had of school that I wasn't really um using it but it's not that I can't read, but I found out the difficulties with a lot of what was going on. And I never got tested for this stuff. You know, people were always like, oh, like she seems like she doesn't really focus in class and she talks a lot. And like, I know, because I can't really focus when there's all these other kids. Like I used to take classes when it was like a, it was like third and fourth grade together, fifth and sixth grade together, seventh and eighth grade together, ninth and 10th grade together. So all those grades were together. So what they would do is they would teach third grade. And while they're like, if I was in third grade, then while we were doing our in-class assignments, the teacher started talking about the fourth grade lesson. And then for whatever class, like spelling or whatever. And then the next class would come up, like math or whatever. And then third grade would have their time when the teacher was teaching math to them. And while we were supposed to be doing our in-class work, the teacher was talking to the fourth grade class. Mind you, we're in the same class in the same room. So it's hard for me to focus and concentrate and do my work while other people are talking. And so that was bad for me from third grade to like 10th grade because all the in-class assignments I had I usually ended up having to take those home to complete them in a silent place and then I had homework on top of that and like I said I'm tired by the end of the day and so now I'm tired and I'm working even slower than I would have been because I'm not like fresh and alert so I mean good thing is I like study and I like school and I was raised in a in an environment and in a household that really catered towards education. It was like, that was my job, you know, it's like you get educated. That's what you do until you finish and graduate and then you work. <laughs> but it's like we have a good work ethic in my family. So it wasn't really an issue so much finding the materials and the time and the and the space to like quietly study and get my work done. But um that was one thing like and so if I were to take the idea that I'm not smart enough because I didn't do well in my classes you can look back at a 
at something like that and be like, well, why wasn't I doing good? That's my whole point of telling all that information. Why wasn't I doing that good? Like, I don't really see myself as an unintelligent person. I just know that my brain is not like everybody else's. And I like that, but it's also weird because I know that the way my brain acts is strange compared to a lot of people. Um, I know that by the amount of people who tell me that, <laughs> but not strange, like in a negative way, but just kind of like, you know, I don't like just the way I think is, is I'm not, I'm not entertained by a lot of the same stuff that a lot of people like. I'm not, you know, my interests, you know, I get a lot of joy and, you know, energy out of like creating stuff and having projects and just like working on stuff and finishing it or not finishing it and having ideas that I work on and stuff that really kind of gets the juices flowing and I really like that to me if you sit me in a room with Netflix and television all day long it's like especially if I don't get to pick exactly what I'm watching it's like torture like that does not sound fun to me at all like I met somebody for a date once that was like, I don't really like to go out. Do you want to just come over and we can just like watch TV? And I'm just like, hell no, I don't want to come over and watch TV. Now, you know, it wasn't like a Netflix and chill type of situation either. It was like, do you literally want to come over and watch TV? And I'm like, no, I'd at least rather go to a movie theater because at least it's time limited. But dude, I don't want to sit and watch TV. Like maybe if it's a specific show, I like doing that when it's like, I think me and some of some friends like this show called um I don't remember the name but it's May Martin. Uh it's a show that has May Martin. It's like a comedy show. Um not her stand up but it's like her as a stand-up comedian as the main character. Uh I can't remember the name of it, but we like that show. So every so often, you know, my friends will have like a dinner night where we're kind of like watching that show and it's fun, you know, watch 3 4 episodes together watch some queer eye like whatever we just like watch shows together um but it's a specific show it's not like we sit and just watch every show or watching sports I can do that but I can't just do that all day it's like at the end of the day I'm like I've literally wasted my whole entire day um and it's draining too because your energy you have to pay attention I don't like ads because then you want to buy stuff it's just like a lot of people like that and they're relaxed by that I don't even own a TV because I don't want to because it's a waste of my time and energy. Mind you, when I visit my parents, I watch TV, but otherwise I don't have one. So I'm forced to kind of, you know, interact with my hobbies or with myself or make plans with other people. I don't really have many other options of things to do unless I'm just going to sleep all day, which that's not going to happen either because I have insomnia and I can't sleep all day. So whatever. Um, But yeah, challenging the details of what it is that you find your negative self-talk leading you to challenging it not only challenging it but looking at what you're challenging and trying to find out what details if you could have improved during that time if things could have gone better how could they have gone better what would have led to them going better so that you're not thinking I'm not intelligent it's just that my school maybe the teacher's Maybe it was too noisy in the classroom. Maybe it was the teaching styles. Maybe I was bullied at school. Maybe there was something at school that was contributing. You know, maybe your family didn't have a lot of money and you went to school on an empty stomach and you just couldn't focus and concentrate every day and you weren't really nourished properly. And so, of course, your brain's going to be foggy and you're not performing properly in, in your classes. Like, it could be basic stuff like that. And usually, usually, unless it's an IQ thing, um, it's usually some environmental thing, um, some kind of upbringing thing or something related to like your style of learning stuff. Cause if you think about it, if you're able to work a nine to five and you're not having trouble at work, there's something in you that is positive, right? That's able to kind of like keep the ball rolling, get stuff done, Focus on your tasks, get your work done. Your boss isn't always on your case because you're doing your work right. Um, that's what that looks like. Um, but you can challenge it. And that's kind of how you would challenge it. Deeper than just saying, oh, I failed my classes, so, I, so I'm not smart enough. Therefore, 
even in today's day and age, 25 years later, 30 years later, 40, 50 years later, I can't work on my goals because I think the risk is going to be too painful if I fail. Another thing is looking towards the end goal and thinking about, you know, are you really going to fail? And how much effort did you really put in? And if you fail once, who's to stop you from just doing it again? I have a friend who probably talked about this friend before, but was never really very athletic. Was the kind of guy that everybody liked, super nice, got along with everybody, but wasn't the most um, stereotypically masculine guy. I'm not knocking it because I don't really care about that kind of stuff, but I just know because I hung out with this person almost every single day as a kid. And, you know, they didn't really play sports, uh, got along with guys, definitely got along with girls, has a lot of good qualities, very intellectually determined and one of the hardest working smart people that I've probably ever known in my whole entire freaking life. Couldn't play sports, didn't have the coordination because they didn't grow up playing sports. Mind you, I'm female. I grew up playing sports. Um, but I also hung out with this guy all the time, but I grew up playing sports too. So I hung out with my brother, my brother's friends, the girls who played sports, the guys who didn't play sports. I hung out with everybody. Right. Um, but being a girl that plays sports is different than a guy that doesn't play sports. Right. So he never really got like ridiculed, but I I could tell that, you know, when we were growing up, he was kind of um, what do you call it? He was he was kind of like uh, something in his mind was kind of challenged by not being necessarily. And I'm not saying he wasn't athletic because he became very athletic, but he wasn't like if you tried to make him play baseball or basketball or soccer or whatever like he didn't really have like the coordinated skills to do it but because of the way he put in his effort it's not like people didn't want him on the team like he would try really hard like if somebody hit a baseball he would run after it as fast as he could you know he would swing as hard as he could playing baseball even if he was going to miss every time he would run as fast as he could with the basketball even if he didn't have the skills to dr- to dribble or you know try as hard as he could at defense and he really took to running um and he became probably one of the best runners in the school cuz he just pushed himself and pushed himself to just run and he was like one of the fastest runners So he couldn't play all the sports that all the boys were playing and stuff. But when we were doing PE, because we ran a mile every day and had a mile test and did all these presidential fitness things, he would run and he would out. He eventually got to the point where he was outrunning everybody and he kept on running. And even today he runs races and is really into fitness and rock climbing and snowboarding and all these kinds of things. He just maybe when it comes to like a sport with a ball and stuff like that, he's not really like the best at that. He could have easily taken his, you know, inability to really be very skilled at sports that, you know, kids typically play on the playground and be like, I'm not good at this. So when I do come across it, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to play. I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to try. I'm going to not do it. Right. And. He was able to to do it. Like, at this point in time, I don't know anybody who, if we have some athletic type of uh, kind of outing that would be like, oh, yeah, we're not going to invite him because he doesn't really like to do that. You know, if we go ski, snowboard, you know, rock climb, hike, whatever, like, he's going to do it. Like, will he play basketball or whatever? Maybe not, but he'll shoot the ball around. But, like, you know, he's good enough. He's good enough at sports that he's very competitive with it. But he didn't grow up like a lot of us that grew up playing sports, right? So he could have easily told himself, I'm not good at this, and talked himself down to a point where he wasn't good at it. And the way I see this guy doing stuff, it's like he would pull all-nighters to ace a class. 
he would get the work done on time and really focus on it. And he was really good in school. And um, a lot of it's probably from his Japanese culture, but also just being so determined got him where he is and putting in the work and putting in the hard work and the effort on a routine basis, not necessarily because he was good at those things, but he naturally maybe wasn't, I'm not saying he was not smart or not skilled, but it's like, you know, I know his family and his parents, they didn't necessarily like, you know, tutor him and things like that. Like he found the way to get good at this with, and most of it was coming from internally from within Yes, his parents definitely made sure he had enough and they definitely made sure they took care of him and, you know, um, that he had every opportunity to do what it is that he set out to do for sure. But he was able to um, do it. And a lot of times, you know, when I when I'm struggling to like do something, I think about it, I'm like you know, what would this guy have done? What would this friend do in this situation? And I notice my mind doesn't work like his. My mind gets into this mode of the risk of failing is not worth putting in 110% sometimes. He doesn't think like that, I notice. And for him, the risk is not necessarily in failing. The risk is in not trying. And I think that's a very important mindset to have because if your risk is in failing, it's going to be hard to try. But if your risk that, you know, you're if you're more afraid to not try versus more afraid of failing, you can still keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. Now, has he failed at things or not done good at things or whatever? I mean, I don't I don't really know, honestly. Um, all I've seen is the effort he puts in and the results he gets back. And then I look at no, I'm not like comparing myself. I'm just saying I've I've been lucky to know certain people in my life since I was like five years old, since I was in like I've known this person since like second grade and we still interact. Like I've known people for such a long time that it's kind of cool to be able to see how they've come along in life and where they landed and how a lot of their skills, their positive skills got them to where they are. And I like to look at that and see and not necessarily to compare, but just to give myself different methods of thinking on things. And I so if it was something like that, like an Amazon store for myself, I would probably think along the lines of if I fail at this, it'll just be another thing that I'm going to be kicking myself about versus his thinking would be like, if I don't try this, I'm going to be kicking myself that I didn't even try, that I didn't try my hardest, that I didn't give 110%. And those are two different mindsets, right? So if you're challenging kind of the outcome goal, and if the challenge is of the risk, thinking about things his way versus thinking about how my mind naturally would think of something his method of thinking would probably be a lot more beneficial because even if you try and fail, you're going to feel better about the trying. And even if you fail in the process of trying, you still wouldn't be afraid to keep trying until you don't fail. Right. And you don't know what's really going to happen until you give it 110%. And if you fail, will it hurt? Yes, it'll hurt. It'll fucking hurt. It won't it won't feel great. You're not going to be like enthusiastic about it and more motivated. But then when you look back at a life of not trying and being too scared to do things and not being able to motivate yourself and you look back and you're like, what have I done with all that time and all that effort and all that energy? What did I do with it? You know, that's a, that's in a way a harder place to be because you can't get that time back. You know, I think of I think of some things that I wanted to do, um, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of like I've done a lot of financial learning, uh, financial education kind of learning, a lot of tech learning stuff. Um, some things I've definitely let go were like physical fitness and healthy eating. 
Um, I didn't really let them go for that long, but because my metabolism is way slower now than it used to be, it feels like longer than it was. Um, but I did also get things on track and notice some things that worked for me before last year's 2021 snowboard season ended. I was in decent conditioning. And then comparing to this year's 2022 snowboard uh, season, I'm like, wow, like I can barely function. Um, but then on another level, I've got the finances to snowboard far more than I did last year. Um, last year, I think I used some of the stimulus checks. And then, yeah, just stuff like that where I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. Like, but we're all learning as we go here, right? But that's one way of challenging. You know, we can challenge ourselves. Um, challenge at, um, you know, looking at different areas to challenge. And then not just challenging it like, oh, like, I'm not going to be good at this, or, oh, intellectually, I'm not smart enough. You know, there's usually reasoning behind why it seems like you might not be smart enough, if that's the case. It could be anything, not smart enough, not motivated enough, not whatever it is that you feel like you're not enough of. You can look at your past and look towards kind of like you're thinking about the future and the risk that you feel like you're going to have to take. And a lot of it's weighing out that risk. You know, we get afraid to take the risk because the risk seems like it's going to damage us if we don't do it right. It's almost like in a relationship, nobody wants to break up or divorce. You know, no one wants to invest a lot of time and effort and emotion and energy into a relationship if you know it's just going to flop. But, you know, does that mean don't do anything? ever um you know i i think a lot of us would say you know don't be afraid of your own self to the point that you don't get anything done to the point that you don't do it um a lot of things take some trial and error some looking into things and then tracking progress along the way and seeing what's working and what's not and then changing it along the way um, things can be a process. A lot of it's not going to happen overnight. If you want an Amazon store, you're not going to just wake up with a store. Like you've got to know what you want to sell. You've got to have the money to invest in it, you know, potentially, you know, you've got to have like methods that you're going to use and methods that you're testing and see if it works. If it works great, repeat, keep doing it, scale up. If it doesn't work, you know, find out what parts of it are working and what you can do within the parts that are working. Like if you're not making any sales, but you have a store and you've invested a bunch of money, is it the product that people don't want? Are people clicking into the product and not buying it? Like, are you getting the traffic? Are you not getting the traffic? If you are getting the traffic, but not getting the buys, why is that? If, you know, maybe the price is set too high, and it's not competitive. Maybe the shipping is going to be too slow. Um, there can be so many multiple reasons why things aren't going the way that they could go. You might not have enough money to invest. You might not be making a big enough profit margin um, for it to be worth all the energy. You know, if you're making 20 bucks a year profit, that's not a lot of money to be putting in all that much effort. If you're putting in 20 hours a week and making 20, you know, dollars a year, you know, um, that's not really worth it. But at least to me, it wouldn't be. But, you know, finding out in your mind what is worth it, you know, is $40 a year profit worth it? Is $4,000 profit a year worth it? Is $4,000 profit a month worth it? you know, but you might not get to that $4,000 profit immediately. And if you can get to $20 profit, you can scale that up, even though it's a hard place to maybe start from. Um, maybe you need to find a new product. Maybe you need to find someone else to market it for you. Maybe you need to learn some more skills to get things rolling. Um, but it's possible to start slow um, you know, I wouldn't recommend on, on projects that are going to become as big as your own personal store to be like, um, 
trying to trying to make it you know huge from the start and investing a whole bunch of money and then you turn out it turns out that the thing that you invested all this money and time and effort in doesn't even sell and it's a piece of crap or it's not the best latest version um nobody wants it things like that um but this was this is long. I was I was only going to record 30 minutes but I went longer but when it comes to um you know the self uh criticism a lot of it this is where it comes from is is that risk of of um disappointing yourself either in the long run or current time and kind of feeling that disappointment in yourself that's going to cycle into this it could potentially cycle but if you think about you know how to train your mindset to not really think about everything you try as being negative if you fail it or change your mindset to think that you know sometimes it's in the process having fun in the process and if you don't get the money whatever like if you have a backup and you're already working a nine to five, even if you don't like the nine to five, you can at least live off of it. And then in your free time, try to scale up a, a side hustle or make a small business. Um, and I mean, it can go for anything. It doesn't have to be for small business. It could be for school, for education, for degrees, for you know your love life and things like that. Like a lot of it, you know, is going to improve by the consistency and how productive you are in putting in the work and analyzing the work and figuring out what's going good in the work. Like when you think of it, it's not the same as taking college or high school classes where there's a syllabus and you know what you're doing from week to week, from day to day, what's due, what's not. If you do it right and get certain grades by studying in a certain method and turning things in on time and passing your exams and doing well on papers, you're going to pass the class unless there's some weird politics involved. But you're going to pass the class. You're not going to pass the class if you don't do things the right way, considering there's no politics involved. And it's kind of harder when you start branching it out into other types of areas of life. But if you can structure it, that helps too. Like if I want to work out, if my end goal is to work out and be fit and, you know, get get to weigh 150 pounds, say that's a weight I want to get to. Because I've been that weight before and say that's an ideal weight, 150, 145 pounds. That's what I'm shooting for. If I do nothing between now and which is April and December, I'm definitely not going to hit that goal (laughs) by December. No freaking way. Um, Now I can eat healthier. That would be one step closer. I could sleep better. That would be one step closer. Hydrate more and maybe do more yoga. That would be some steps closer. Will it get you all the way to the result? Eh, yoga, yoga, depending on how intense, could. And if you're really eating clean and healthier, and it's really the eating, because you know they say eating the the dieting, the eating, the nutrition is sixty percent of you know reaching your goals. But if you consider how your metabolism slows over time, I mean it's usually not going to slow that much within like a half a year, right? A year to half a year. Um, you should be good. Um, it's not going to usually slow that much. If you knew, if you know what worked for you before, if you you know had some experience with losing weight, um, you might know. You know, if you do forty five minutes of insanity every other day, um, and then once a week doing a P ninety X, you know, I'm dating myself. Like I still like those workouts because they're classic and they work. Um, and might maybe it's boring, but it's, a lot of times it's just the consistency. You know, you get in the cardio, you get in the, you know, you get everything in and you're consistent and it's going to work. Um, how fast is it going to work? Will you reach the goal by December? Uh, that could depend, but you might not get nowhere, right? Um, sometimes it can help to set the goals a little bit lower, um, say 160 pounds 
instead of 145, it gives you some more wiggle room to still try to reach 145, but 160 is a lot more doable. And if you go better than 160, then good for you. Um, things like that, you know, but what is it that, that, you know, keeps you from not putting in the work? not eating healthy, you know, or your stress levels keeping you from not eating healthy. I know for myself, you know, I like an edible here or there. Those things make me eat two dinners. So maybe cut back on them or eat them on the days when I know I've given myself the the leeway to eat more, like on a weekend or something or on a cheat day or something, not just whenever and then go off my goal um, I mean, I think when it comes to finance, entrepreneurship, um, education, fitness, relationships, those, I mean, those aren't all the goals people have, but those categories are major categories that a lot of people would like to have well-rounded and not have to think about why they're going wrong or why we have no money or why I'm always fat, or why people don't like me, or whatever. Like, nobody wants to think about that. People want those things to be going well, and good, and smooth, and, you know, to spend energy and time thinking about other things. But a lot of self-criticism does come from, you know, the mind trying to protect itself. Like, let me protect myself from putting out too much risk or investing too much in in too much risk leading to my own detriment. But you can handle it too. Just making sure you know how to handle it. If you do fail at something or if you do have setbacks, you know, have something in place so that you don't feel like you're just totally wiped out and unmotivated and don't want to do it or backsliding, which is even more challenging because then you have to get even back to the, to your other baseline, which wasn't even the baseline you want to be at just to get to the previous baseline, then to reach your actual goal after that. It's like, it's too much. Like you don't want to backslide like, Oh, I skipped two workouts this week. So I'm going to eat five pizzas. You know, I mean, that's not going to help you. Maybe eat one pizza throughout the whole week. <laughs> Don't order a pizza every night of the weekday. Not every weekday of the week, you know, like just one is fine. It's plenty of fat and bad stuff to eat, you know, depending on the pizzas you order. But order a healthy pizza, five healthy pizzas. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, people... When it comes to self-criticism, you know, it's it's a lot of that self-talk is really going to be attached to protection. And the protection, a lot of times, is not accurate. If you look at anything you've tried at and done well because of the consistency that you put in and not quitting and not giving up... Even if you didn't reach what the goal was supposed to be, you know, you probably got a lot further along than you would have if you didn't do any of it at all, right? Um, so even if you don't get your Amazon store up, in the process, you're going to learn a lot about marketing, a lot about choosing products, a lot about ad spaces, a lot about web design, a lot about blogging, a lot about, you know, um, shipping, you know, about a lot about the economy and, you know, trending products and things like that. You're going to learn so much that you didn't know before. And sometimes the fun can be just in learning. I mean, you can learn how to do all these things, but um, the key is not letting yourself stop yourself from doing what yourself wants to do. Because if you want to do it, you can do it. It might not be the easiest thing or the fastest thing, or it might not work out the first time around, but still, you're going to get closer and closer every time. And almost all the time, if it's not like a personal development thing, 
if all else fails, you can always hire somebody to do things for you. Um, you can hire someone to make your meals. You can hire a trainer for fitness. You can hire someone to teach you how to do things. You can take a class. You know, you can get a degree. You can get a certificate. You can do things in a way that is a little more creative. Um, and you know, kind of get where you want from it and not really get stopped by criticizing yourself. Um, cause the criticism really is supposed to be a protection, um, against doing things that potentially in the past have either led to something negative or that you don't think you can handle if it becomes, if it unfolds into the negative, that you think is going to happen. Now, I'm only talking about, like, positive things. I'm not talking about, like, holding up a bank or, like, doing some illegal thing and then, like, oh, you should just really try and do it harder next time. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about stuff that's actually, like, stuff that people legally want to do that's legit and they're just trying to um, develop themselves, but but the self-criticism is getting in the way. These are just methods that I would say to look at it. But with that... This Tidbits is now a regular length episode, so I hope you enjoy it. And I'm going to be recording more on this topic, um, but we'll see how this episode does and see where things lead from this point. And thanks for listening.